Hey everyone, welcome back to Mary Bird's Backyard Garden. I'm Jeff. And I'm Mary. And we're here with some more backyard DIY garden information for you today. And we're going to have Mary go through a few things this week again. And so the first question I have, Mary, is what did we do in the garden this week? Well, this has been a very good week, past week. And here in February, of course, we have variable temperatures, but it was quite lovely. Um, I actually planted strawberries, and I planted Ozark Beauty and Sequoia. Okay, and, them, and just to interrupt you real quick, uh, I think we should call those strudelberries, as we like to call them, <laughs> not strawberries. <laughs> we do have strudelberries. So we're going to have some strudelberries <laughs> this, this uh, year. That's awesome. I am hoping we're going to have strudelberries in early summer. Nice. Mm-hmm, I will be ready for them. Good. I think that the Sequoia is a June-bearing strawberry, and it is very delicious. And the Ozark Beauty says early summer. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm looking very much forward to strawberries. One of the one of the. I'm a kind of a picky eater, but I do like my strawberries. <laughs> we also purchased some extra large seed starting kits, and um, I'm very excited about them. So the main thing about these kits that makes them. Um, new to me, but beneficial is that they have a wicking system and they'll pull the water up from the bottom tray and you will have decreased chance of having um, dampening off, which in seedlings is a fungal uh, problem that causes them just to fall over and die. So that's the, uh, so I know that I saw them when they came in, which I really like because they're not the real flimsy ones. They're really they're well, well made, but they had that, that piece on the bottom, right? That uh, mm-hmm. It's got a capillary map. There you go. There the, you the go. Capillary map. <laughs> map. Not. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> capillary map. <laughs> they actually have a larger hole on the bottom of them, which does two purposes. Purpose number one is it helps draw up the water through the soil. And also you can remove the seedling much more easily instead of trying to squish the sides of the of the container. Oh, nice. So you won't damage the roots. I'm very excited about those. And we did purchase them from Gardener Supply, but we have no affiliation with that company. Good. I like them. They're really nice. I, I did mm-hmm. notice that they came in, like I said, they're not the, uh, the little squishy, crunchy ones. They're no. very sturdy and they look nice too. And I think they'll, uh, they'll last for a lot longer than the other ones too. Oh, I absolutely think they'll be a lifetime Good. Purchase, yeah. Oh, I love to hear that as you know, from the money guy, but I like that. <laughs> and I also came home with a little package of seeds, which I know that you will like. It's called the Hala Fuego Pepper Seeds. Nice. You know what these will be good for? Um, mm, I don't know. Jalapeno poppers. Oh, I love these, my jalapeno poppers. That's ooh, awesome. These peppers are supposed to be quite large and spicy. So that's going to be perfect. Nice. Oh, I'm looking forward to those. I like the peppers. I know I that was something I even tried to to grow there maybe you a year or two ago. You didn't try to grow. You did a really did, good job. You know, I did okay. Yeah. They're, they're not the hardest things in the world to grow. I'm going to be honest with you. You kind of put them out there. But they're colorful. Some of them are, you know, they have different colors. And mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to that. I like the uh, I like to see the peppers out there. Something you can see rather than the, uh, you know, the underground stuff that 
Um, you know, like our carrot, our carrot thing that we, I got impatient, thought they were done and they were like an inch long. And they so. were still growing. That was the variety that we planted and yeah. only get that big. That was, uh, <laughs> next time I think I, I'd actually rather get a, a full-size carrot going there if we're going to do it. But it was fun. I mean, I enjoyed it. Very the peppers, are, like I said, the peppers are good. I'm looking forward to that one. Me too. Very good. Well, I'm going to switch topics with you here just a little bit and, uh, this next topic is something that I actually uh, brought home. I brought home a money tree houseplant for you, Mary. Why did you choose a money tree? I brought, I brought, well, I'm going to be honest. I brought it home because of the name, and I am looking to buck the trend and hoping that it actually does produce money, and that money actually does grow on trees. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. I'm, I'm really counting on you to make that make that happen for make us. Make that happen. Well, interestingly enough, I looked up information about the money tree and I'm hoping to bring you a little cash in your pocket, but I don't know. I don't know (laughs) if that's going to happen or not. Okay. But the botanical name is Pachira aquatica. It also could be Pachira aquatica. And it is a tropical wetland tree from Central and South America. And when it grows in the wild, it can get up to 60 feet in height. And um, hopefully in our home, it's not going to be getting <laughs> yeah, that, that big. Yeah, that's, uh, that wouldn't work here, but yes. It will grow between 6 and 10 feet, depending upon your um, available space. And you want to grow this tree in a bright but indirect light, maybe an east or west facing window and just a little bit away from the window. Okay. I like it. So when do we, um, when do we anticipate that we're actually going to have money on this thing? (laughs) I have no 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 idea. No no idea. Okay. Well, if I see some green dollar billies kind of things going, I'm, I'm going to be right there watching it. (laughs) Well, it is interesting because the name of the tree is believed to um, have developed because there was a very poor man and he was praying for money, for sustenance. And he happened upon this very odd-looking plant and he took it home and developed a business selling the plant. No kidding. So Wow. Okay. That's how it got its name. Nice. And it is a very interesting look. It has a braided trunk. And the trunk comes up about two feet on the plant that you purchased. And what it does is it looks as though it is a water reservoir. And this plant does grow in wetlands. So that could be true. It could hold water through the dry season. I don't know. And then the green leafy growth comes out on the top. And as I was saying, you do want to keep it in bright but indirect light. And um, you want to acclimatize it to the sunshine a little at a time so that the leaves don't burn. The leaves are very, they're very thin. They're not real thick leaves. So you want to take care of that. And you do want this plant to stay nice and moist in rich, well-draining soil, but you don't want it to sit with wet feet because it will develop <laughs> root rot. My, my, my favorite, my favorite uh, planty comment, the wet, wet feet. feet. So, all right. And they do like humidity. If you sit them on a tray of pebbles that you've put water in the bottom, you want the 
you don't want them to actually sit in the water, but the humidity will rise around the foliage and help it quite a bit. Nice. So there is your money tree. Jeff. I love it. I love it. Like <laughs> I said, I, I, I got it for the uh, the name. And I'm happy you did a little research, and we're going to have a nice... It's nice. It's like a medium-sized tree, so it looks really nice in the house. It does. Very nice. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to our next topic, Mary. And uh, the only thing I really know really about this is that <laughs> it uh, we get a whole lot of it in the back of the truck and lots of bags of this stuff. <laughs> and, um, but I know you have a lot more information. So let's talk compost. And so really... My question is, why Why do we need it? Why would anybody want to do it? Compost is a huge subject. And of course, we won't be able to do anything except touch the very tip of that subject in this podcast. But the USDA defines compost as recycled organic materials in an amendment that can be used to enrich the soil and plant. And what we want compost for is because it's very rich in nutrients and it does feed our plants, but it does so differently than if you put down just a, um, a chemical fertilizer. It doesn't feed your plants in the same way. Compost will actually um, develop your soil microbes and your microorganisms, your bacteria and your fungi and it will provide food for them which in turn provides food for your plants Mm. and we want our compost for several reasons not just because of that in our garden what i'm looking for is that it will prevent soil erosion and the way it does that is by the the soil microorganisms help the soil to kind of mesh together not sticky like clay it's not that it will saturate the soil with lots of water it just provides a good structure that the roots can grow into and helps the roots hold on to the nutrients and and the way it does that is it provides the food source for bacteria and other microorganisms And the roots of the plant send out exudates, which is sugars and probably proteins, I think. And so the microorganisms eat those sugars and proteins. And then when they complete their life cycle, they pass on and provide the nitrogen, phosphorus, and um, other materials that the plants need to, to eat from from their yeah. dead bodies. Yeah. And so um, it's like a cycle and it helps the soil stick together. And so we're looking to hold on to our soil because we don't have very much topsoil. Right, right. And I've already said how it promotes healthy plant growth, but it does help suppress plant disease because you are increasing all your beneficial microorganisms. So you will have richer, more vibrant health in your plants. It helps you to hold on to the correct amount of water so that you're not um, having runoff into the wastewater and things like that. And then your plants are able to 
hold that water for during the dry periods a little bit better too. Hmm. A lot going on with compost. Compost huh? is Man. amazing. It is really amazing. Everything in your garden really does start from the soil up. That's the begin. That's where you need to begin. Um, and like I said, it's a vast subject. Every little. Um, nuance could be gone into thoroughly. This is just a good overview of why I like to use compost in my garden. And creating a really good aerobic compost that is biologically active is both an art and a science. And you and I are just uh, beginning to go down our gardening journey. And so I'm not ready or I'm not able to really get in there and create that compost pile at this stage. So we rely on bagged products. And the way I have approached that is I've done my research into all the companies that I can find near me. I try to shop local. And I've determined who I think provides really good compost that is aerobically finished and won't have bad microorganisms in it. And then Mel Bartholomew recommends that you mix together five varieties of compost in your when you're trying to mix it up. And so therefore, um, you'll have a greater diversity of microorganisms. And the other thing I really like to do is if there's a really good plant that's growing that has shiny leaves... I'll take out a little teaspoon of soil and mix it into my compost mix and spread it under the plants because then you're getting your local microorganisms to flourish because the compost is providing food for all the microorganisms to increase. And I like to include cow manure. I mean, but, but my products are very well researched. I encourage you to try to look for companies in your area that you feel are the best, um, provide you with the best product at a price that you feel comfortable spending. And so cow manure, chicken manure, and I like to put in dry molasses, which we've seen pretty good benefit in our garden from using molasses. I do use um, cottonseed meal, and um, sometimes I use cotton burr compost, and then, of course, alfalfa meals and and any other substances, Um, but I do try to have diversity. And so, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. You don't have to spread a heavy layer. You could just go... Or an inch because you want your so you don't want to shock the soil either. You want it to be able to absorb and use what you're putting on it. And then at the end of this year, maybe we'll be taking a soil test so we could make sure that we're not getting too high in phosphorus, which you want to be careful about when you're using manure. Nice. Yeah, I know we've we've done soil tests in the past, and maybe in a, a future podcast, you can kind of talk about how what that process is and. I know you mm-hmm. sent it away, but we've it's been very good. They respond pretty quick and mm-hmm. gives you a real good idea what really Remember going on. Remember after that super bad freeze that we got in 21, I think it was, and um, we were losing a live oak tree in the front yard, 
And so you and I used worm castings and compost and we um, put it around that tree and we kind of babied it along and it has held in there and survived. Yeah, it did. It did do real well. Man, I got to tell you, I, ooh, a lot of stuff going on with compost. <laughs> it's very active. It I gotta got to tell you, of, there's a party going on down of, there. Man, no kidding. <laughs> while, we, while we sleep at night, there's a lot of activity going there's on with the old compost activity. down there. Yes, you're I like right. it. That's awesome. And you want beneficial nematodes is another thing that we put in the in The, the old yard. nematodes, okay. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. Oh, man. But you do want to put those down because they um, will help with root nematodes, which are bad. You don't want those. And you get those from plants that are like in the cotton family and mm-hmm. the same family as cotton and okra. Anyway, the root knot nematodes can be controlled using beneficial nematodes. Okay. <laughs> and you want your compost because that increases nematode activity in your garden. Very, man, there is a lot. There's like a whole other world going on out there. That's pretty, pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I like it, though. That's good. So that is what I have for compost for today. Well, thank you. That was very, very uh, informational composting activities there. So, what do we have in store next week, Mary? In Mary Bird's Backyard Garden, what can we expect from you next week? We are going to be planting out our tomato transplants. Uh, the first uh, the first podcast that we did, I was talking about our poor transplants that we didn't realize in the heat, they dried out. They shriveled out. right they up, shriveled. yeah, yeah. But we watered them. And we used a little compost tea, (laughs) (laughs) and they bounced back, and they're doing very, very well, and they're going in the garden this um, week, and it's maybe just a touch early, but we'll be protecting them somehow, a towel or something. And um, it's the perfect time on President's Day to put your potatoes in the ground. Ooh. Yes. So we actually had some Yukon Gold potatoes a while back that sort of sprouted in our in our pantry and I got all excited and thought I'd try potatoes this year and I actually did see some of them sprouting. Yeah, there was, yeah I know you showed me there was a couple sprouters a couple out sprouters. there. I can't see them because they're underground but they're they're underground. we're going to assume they're growing. <laughs> and it's time for you to start watching for loopers. Loopers. Okay, I don't know what a looper is. What's a looper? <laughs> A looper is a little green worm. They're also called cabbage <laughs> loopers. And you want to go out and look on your broccoli, your um, cabbages, any of the coal crops that you have growing in your garden. And um, what you want to do is you could try hand picking those loopers off, but you'll probably have a huge amount. So I like to try to cover it with mesh. And I did get these little screening devices that were seem like they're working really well. I'm excited about them. They're so easy to use. And um, all they are is a little, um, it's sort of like a little umbrella. And it has a mesh screen over the top of it to keep all the insects out. And so you can pick and dunk and you could cover. And there are wait, wait, some. Wait. Well, pick and dunk. The heck is that? (laughs) You pick off the little worms and dunk them in salt water or soapy water. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) Um, Also, there are some biological controls like Bacillus thuringiensis, but also called Bt, 
but I, um, I've never used it before, so I don't feel comfortable really telling you all about it. But you could look that up. Okay. And that's what I have for this week. Man, you know, it's like a, like a whole bunch of little armies out there in the garden. It's a huge army. Fighting this one, protecting <laughs> that one. It's pretty amazing, actually, when you kind of think about it. It is very amazing. I know you love it. You it's love every minute of it. wonderful world I know you, I think you do. <laughs> As you're definitely your thing. Well, great. I appreciate all that information, Mary. Hey, we appreciate you guys joining us here at Mary Bird's Backyard Garden Podcast. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we hope you guys will continue to join us as we go on this journey of DIY backyard gardening. And again, this is Jeff. And Mary. And we hope to see you guys next time at Mary Bird's Backyard Garden Podcast. Thank you. <laughs>